Welcome to the podcast for people turning the great American RV adventure into stressless camping. We're glad you joined our weekly adventure. Now let's gather around the campfire with our hosts, Peggy and Tony Barthel. Well, grab yourself a seat and sit on down. We sure appreciate your being here at the campfire. I'm not Peggy. I'm not Tony. (laughs) And we are Stressless Camping. That is what we are. Absolutely. (laughs) And so... uh, There's a lot of things that we're not, but that is what we are. Uh, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) This week, we're going to be talking about off-grid or boondocking camping. Yes. So, something we really enjoy. It is something we enjoy. But do you know, do you, before we do that, do you, did you read that story uh, during the week this week about the guy that took his grandmother, like, he's been taking her to all the national parks all over the country at, in her like late 80s? Yeah, she's like 89 now or something like that. And uh, he took her to all these great, Places, I guess she had never been like she'd never been out of Ohio, out of her little town in Ohio. Yeah, and then so he's like, "Well, forget it. We're gonna go traveling." And she had never like I think she wanted to see the ocean and mountains, and it's amazing how people don't venture outside of their what is it they, they I think they say the average person doesn't venture outside like 150 miles or something like something that. Something like that. And I was seeing today posted all over the place that the average person only sees eight states in their lifetime. Yeah. Yeah, well there's a state of confusion. Oh wait, not those states. <laughs> state of inebriation. <laughs> I've never been there. <laughs> you just don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Oh, man. What? Anyway, how cool is it? I mean, he took her to all these national parks, and he really gave her quite the adventure, and apparently they still plan to be doing some more touring. So how cool is it? Grandson really opens up the world for you. Very cool. Do you think they were boondocking? They could have used some of these boondocking tips that we have this week. That's right. Maybe if they haven't so far... They'll start boondocking for the rest of their trips. That's true. Well, they're going to listen to this podcast, and if they haven't been boondocking, they're going to go, what in the wide, wide world of sports is boondocking? (laughs) Well, let's tell them. All right. Boondocking (laughs) is basically off-grid camping. It kind of, I think the term comes from, you know, going in the boondocks, which is kind of out. The middle of nowhere. Right. The middle of nowhere. We've been in the middle of nowhere. That's where I knocked the jack off our trailer. <laughs> <laughs> we were boondocking and we got a little nervous that time. Yeah, we were out in the middle of the desert. And I was like, yeah, I'm not so sure how good the road is past here. I mean, it was it was literally the middle of the desert. And so I decided I'm going to make a U-turn. And I did. At one point, I was amazed at the angle at which I got the trailer. And uh, I, unbeknownst to me, I... Unfortunately, at one of those fancy turns, we also smushed one of our leveling jacks. Yeah, yeah. So it was hard to keep things on the level. (laughs) Anyway, so boondocking, it comes from off-grid camping, but I think more so it has come to mean just camping without any infrastructure, any water or electricity or anything more than whatever's in your RV. Right, and you don't have to be in the middle of the desert to do this we boondock now two or three times a year at least 
at the ocean at different state or regional parks that don't have hookups, but they're right on the water. Yeah, we just did that a few weeks ago, and we it was did. oh, it was fantastic. I mean, we were overlooking the cliffs and at the beach, and it was just really, really nice, and the weather was great. And weather was perfect. Yeah, we brought a bunch of friends with us, and it was just oh, what a great trip that was. Yep, so. and we had plenty of sunshine so that we could hook up our solar panels. We didn't have to worry about our batteries dying. Yep. So I'm a huge, well, I guess we, by extension, are huge advocates of solar. And we've written an article, I'll put a link in the show notes about it. Uh, But we've written an article about using solar for boondocking and such. And I like the idea of a solar suitcase, which is sort of, well, it looks like a suitcase that you uh, attach to to your RV and then you can charge the battery. So with that particular style of solar, anything that you can run off the batteries, like the lights, the fan, the heater, um, any of those things will run off the solar. And what the solar basically does is it recharges your batteries. That, that's the simple answer there. And so if you, uh, you want to go off-grid camping, you are basically pulling power out of your batteries and the solar is putting power in. And uh, the reason I like the solar suitcase is I'm going to, if I can, find a shady spot. Well, shade and sun kind of, you know. They don't go that well together. (laughs) And so I like the solar suitcase because I can take it out and put it in the sun and also move it throughout the day. And Right, which is opposed to people who have solar panels on their roofs, right? Correct. They have the benefit of not having to set anything up, but if they're in a super shady spot, they're not getting a lot of solar no, power. power. That leaves them in the dark. So <laughs> that's the thing. However, of course, a disadvantage of the solar suitcase is the fact that people can steal it if it's not If locked somebody down loses the keys and you can't lock it up anymore. <laughs> you could cut that. We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> Although we do have all new locks on our trailer. <laughs> the one thing that you can't run, well, I'm, there's a couple things you can't run off of solar, but one is an air conditioner. So, Correct. So we kind of obviously schedule our solar power only trips to times or places where it's not super hot. Right. Air conditioner and also microwave. And there are some RVs that have TVs that only work off uh, 110, and some that do have 12-volt TVs. So it depends on how your RV is configured and if you prioritize watching TV while you're on the road. And And Tony has to leave his blow dryer at home because it doesn't do any good. Yeah, on my bald head, I can't run the blow dryer (laughs) because in our RV, I don't want this to become the the RV electrical episode, but uh, because I'm such a a solar nerd, if you want to run 110 you can do so by if either your rv has an inverter built in or you put in an inverter and what an inverter will do is it'll take the 12 volt power that comes out of your batteries and convert it to 110 Uh, there are actual rvs that come with the inverter so you can run some plugs like our friend linda has that in her toy hauler came with it and uh, or if you don't have one and want one, there they are available aftermarket. The one thing is, uh, if you do plan on running your blow dryer, then you're going to need a 
pretty good inverter and you're going to need a pretty good set of batteries. And so that's uh, that's kind of a big upgrade. It is. Luckily, I don't ever use a blow dryer anyway. So and I don't this really, I don't even know why I talk about it so much because it's never an issue for us because neither of us dries our hair. And I don't have any, so... <laughs> I'm the perfect boondocker. And speaking of boondocking, there's a lot of people who, uh, and this is a tip of my hat to Abby Epperson from the RV Miles podcast, wall docking, or wally docking, I think she calls it. Oh. Wall docking, which is basically boondocking at Walmarts. There are a lot of Walmarts across the country that will let you uh, spend the night there. They, They would like you to go in before you make the commitment to stay there and ask somebody in charge if it's cool because more and more cities are passing regulations that say, yeah, this is not cool. There you're off-grid because you're basically in their parking lot. That's right. And some people call that stealth docking because they try not to make it really obvious that they're camping in the parking lot. Right, yeah. And even so, they, they usually say it's Best practices not to put out your slides and definitely not awnings and lawn chairs and Run barbecues. your generator. <laughs> <laughs> Set up your lawn darts. Yeah, right. Yeah, that's always frowned upon. <laughs> so here's another thing that you can't run without electricity, and that's a toaster. And I do like my toast with breakfast. Yes, she does. Your mom gave us... My mom gave me a stovetop toaster that she had in the motorhome since I was a teenager, and who knows, my grandmother might have passed it on to her for all I know. Yeah, it's, but it's, it's a really cool thing. It's like a, a plate that yeah. that sits on the burner, and then it's got fold-up, um, kind of a fold-up rack that uh, folds up and, and stands up by itself that you lay the bread on top. And then the heat comes up through the middle of that plate and toasts your bread, and you flip it over and you toast the other side. So I never have to go without my toast. That's correct. You just use the stove. And while you're boondocking, uh, if your RV has a propane stove, which most of them do, uh, that'll work fine without plugging in. Also, uh, most RVs have a water heater that will either work off the electricity from what they call shore power, basically plugging in, or propane to heat the water. And then a lot of RVs have two-way fridges where when you don't have access to 110, the fridge works off uh, propane. And when you do have access to 110, it works off electricity. And then there are still some three-way fridges available. And usually they're smaller, but not always. And that works off 12-volt, 110, and propane. And uh, those are cool because you can run them off your car power or your tow vehicle power. Oh. But they're not as common because they're expensive. So is that the same as running it off the batteries that you recharge with solar? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, basically you could do that. Although it may be, you know, I don't know how much energy a 12-volt fridge takes, but right. you might be better off still using propane. It's probably The 12-volt is probably ideal if you're towing and you want to run the fridge and that's a whole nother issue but <laughs> running the a 12 volt fridge while you're driving down the road uh is not a bad thing in my opinion so stove we'll put a link to that stovetop toaster from 10 minutes ago <laughs> in our show notes you could still buy those i've seen them so. I've, I've seen them too and then while we're while we're at the stove let's talk about coffee yeah having breakfast yeah coffee coffee if 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 i don't have coffee there there bad things will happen 
Yeah, pretty much if we both don't have coffee, bad things will happen. So yeah. we have made sure that we don't need electricity. We don't need a whole bunch of contraptions. We have a couple, actually, a couple <laughs> different methods of making coffee in the camper. Um, actually, at least three that I can think of because yeah, you're right. we, have a, we have a cup that works kind of as a French press of its own, you know, by itself. And then it's in a, in a padded cup, in a insulated yeah, it's cup. An insulated cup. And then we have a real French press that makes, I don't know, four or five cups at a time. Something like that. Yeah. And then we have really what is my favorite, which is the AeroPress. Yeah. The AeroPress is really cool because one of the things, if you're boondocking, you know, you really want to be mindful of how much water you use because the water that you have generally is whatever's in your tanks. And, uh, for example, our friend Linda, her toy hauler has, I think, 150 gallons of fresh water. Huge amounts it's, of water. It's like a swimming pool of water. Our trailer, on the other hand, has 39 gallons of fresh water storage. And so uh, it's not even a foot bath. <laughs> 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 and so we are, you know, the first time I went, or we went boondocking, I was very cognizant of how much water you use and everything you do, you know, obviously washing your hands, uh, washing dishes, making coffee. But then, for example, the French press, when we make coffee in that, it's a larger French press. I think it's a 10 cup or something. No, it's not quite that big. It's, I thought it was four or six. Yeah, something like whatever it is, it is. It's It's larger. Cleaning that thing takes a fair amount of water. Right, because all the grounds get stuck in the press, and then you have to, like, there's no way to get them out except rinsing them out. Yeah, so you're you're cognizant of this. You're thinking, gosh, I'm using a lot of water for dishwashing. And so uh, the AeroPress, when you're done, it only makes one cup at a time. That's its downside. But the plus side, it uses these little paper disc filters and when you're done making a cup of coffee, you just pop the grounds and that filter right in the in the trash. Or if you're composting or, uh, you know, being mindful of green waste, wherever you right. put that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's really simple. That's cleanup. It's just it's just like, and it's done. <laughs> and that's literally the sound it makes. I it should is. Have, it, I should it have does. brought it, kind it of in here. Out. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, and I like I I think the coffee is so good that comes from there, and I know how to use it because as much as I love coffee, Tony tends to buy a new coffee maker in the house like every I don't know four or five days, yeah. and I never have a chance to learn how to use them. I am a I I have this vision in my mind of this outstanding cup of coffee, and and a lot of times when you go to a really good coffee shop, you get that. And I would say the AeroPress accomplishes that. The AeroPress does make a fantastic cup of coffee. It really does. I'm not as thrilled with our French press. And even that ridiculously pricey coffee maker I have is still... (laughs) The AeroPress wins. I I think we've actually brought the AeroPress in after a long camping trip because we weren't ready to give up the AeroPress coffee for another day or two. Yeah, it's so good. So... That's that's our vote. And, of course, obviously, you have to heat your water to make the coffee. But you use uh, a coffee, you know, metal coffee pot and your propane stove again. And heat your water, make your coffee, bing, bang, boom. It's, it's a good morning. It's a good morning. Toast and coffee. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, and something to go alongside, we've I think we've already talked about it on the podcast, the bake ahead breakfast quiches. Yes. So you could making meals in advance gives you the advantage of not having to wash as many dishes, You're which right. goes back to in saving a, water. In addition to not having to waste, I mean, spend a lot of time prepping your meals. Well, you are on vacation, <laughs> right? I hope. And so, uh, if we haven't talked about them before, I will right now. We I like to pre-make um, quiches, and we make them in individual sizes and then wrap them up. And then when we are out, um, and if we're boondocking and we don't have a microwave, that's okay because we've actually just wrapped them in foil, put them in the barbecue outside, and let them warm up. Oh, I didn't even bother with foil. Oh. By the way, in our family, I, I love to cook. Peggy, yeah, he's the cook. Yeah, I, <laughs> I love to cook because I like to eat. There's a few things I know how to do. I can make quiche. Yeah, you can. I can make meatballs. Yeah, and I'm bad at that. And I can make hummingbird food if I yeah, set a timer. As long as there's a timer. <laughs> um, so yeah, before you go, uh, if your meals are prepped, that that's a big plus, um, and that limits how much of the prep tools you have to uh, wash, and that's a big plus because you're not washing them and also you're not spending time prepping food so or washing dishes yeah all those things i mean you're camping doug on it right. so might as well we've so you... talked about this about prepping <laughs> food for sure so so what else can we do though to save water one of the ways is fewer showers and <laughs> some people are like ew but there are there are ways around it of course one is to have shorter boondocking trips, which is certainly a legitimate way. Another is there are more and more of these like large body wipes. And so they're like the, you know, the moist towelette you get at the barbecue joint, but really big. <laughs> For your body. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. And, and, but we have found that on a four day trip, we, we've been in places where we have options um, of a shower house, but we've, at least take in one shower a piece, even on short trips. And it, we have plenty of water for that. Yeah, just again, you're very mindful of how much water you're using in the shower. And you take what they call a Navy shower where you basically get wet, you soap up, and then you rinse off. And so, right. just and keep by the, the water way, off. Yeah. Uh, those showers that are in RVs, a lot of people, you know, you, they have an on and off switch separate from the valves. And people go, oh, well, the darn thing's still dripping. It's actually designed to do that. Right, because otherwise you're going to turn the water off. It's going to get cold while you soap up. You're going to turn the water on and get a cold blast. Yeah, no, thank you. No. So that's, <laughs> it's actually designed to have a little water drip so out. go a little faster and don't let it drip so much. Right, or put exactly. Or a, put, a, put a bucket down there and save it for putting out the campfire later. Yeah, which is also legitimate. Yeah. So, yeah, you could, you could. And speaking of a bucket... Now, this is, there is, as with everything, there are various levels of extreme. There are. Right? I mean, you can, you know, you're in your RV. One of the nice things about having all of the comforts of home is having all of the comforts of home. Uh, but there are people who advocate either a composting toilet, so they've actually ah. replaced the toilet in their in their RV with a composting toilet. And what that does is you basically take care of your business. Uh, and number one goes in like a, a 
little bottle and number two goes into some compost and we've used one of those at we did uh, on a vacation one time yeah, yeah before we we bought our rv uh we were at this house made out of hay and it had a composting toilet and right. it smelled like wood chips yeah pretty much so if you're worried about oh my god that thing is going to smell like you know what like political promises um <laughs> it does I, my experience is it doesn't oh, and that's what that. everyone says yeah, yeah they, they don't smell bad at all so, so you know composting toilet is not going to use any water right correct yeah so if you really if you're going on a long trip with a small tank that might be the way to go yeah but the thing is you have to actually re- well if you're going to make a commitment to this you actually replace the toilet in your RV but right. then that gives you whatever your black tank was you can then use for something else true so that space and that's i mean ours point. is 30 gallons it's not a small yeah. component so that's an option or <laughs> if you want to just do it temporarily you could get your uh 5 gallon bucket and a composting bag. And a pool noodle. And a pool noodle. There you go. So that is an option. Again, you don't even are... have to spend the money on a official camping bag because I know a lot of people who use a trash bag and some kitty litter. Yeah, there you go. So, hey, Junior, can I borrow your pool noodle? Sure, Dad. What are you going to do? <laughs> You'll see. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> You won't be flushed with excitement when you see what Yikes. I'm going to do. Can All we right. move on to some kind oh, yeah, of sorry. <laughs> some different kind of a topic of about boondocking? Sure. <laughs> oh wait, no, I have one more thing to say about water. Okay. If you are going to be gone a while, you're going to have to take a shower. You know you're going to need a little more water than what your tank carries. Uh, our friend Manya brings uh, like sparklets bottles type. I've always it's called them a, yeah, sparklets I know, bottles. I don't know, but water bottles that you can refill and she brings a couple of those and they're available for drinking water and then the water in the tank she uses for washing and yeah all the other whatevers yeah so that's another option and then you get filtered water if that's your preference uh you can try to park in such a way that the sun hits the fewest number of windows as it travels from east to west Oh, so right. So it doesn't could, get too hot inside. Right. Like for our, in our case, we don't have a window on the front of the trailer and there's just a tiny window on the back. So you put the the no window part, if you can, facing east. Facing and, west, yeah. And then the larger windows are on the sides. So that's another, you know, it's minor, but it can make a difference depending on where you are. Right. Another thing, you can keep the shades down during the hottest part of the day which will minimize the sun intrusion, you know, sun coming in right, and heat right. up the trailer. So Yeah, so if you're not if you're not gonna be able to run the air conditioner and you're not going somewhere where it's pretty cool or you're it's not the cool season, you have some alternatives for making sure it doesn't get overheated in your camper. Yeah. And you can kinda see that in advance. Use like Google Maps or Google Earth to kind of get an idea of the terrain before you go there if that's your thing. Right. So so, um, the, so boondocking can happen in the middle of the desert, like we talked about, in the middle of nowhere, or it can. There's campgrounds, right? Yeah. That that are spaces, and you you go to your space, but you still don't have any kind of hookup. So that is still boondocking. Yeah, like those places at the beach. Yeah. 
That was cool. Also, if you're, you know, you're going, I mean, let's face it, we all bring our cell phones with us now, but if you're in a place where there is limited or even no cellular coverage, if you turn your phone to airplane mode, right? Because one of the things that radio keeps pulling the tower and saying, constantly looking for signal, constantly looking, yeah. Can you hear me now? So our friend Katie Lambert came up with that idea is because she took a lot of pictures of her grandchildren. And I said, gosh, did you have cell signal there? And she said, no, but you, I could still use my phone for a camera. Right. So she did. Turned off the, put it in uh, airplane mode and... Took all the pictures she wanted. And as soon as she got home, she bombarded. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's not the right way to say well, it. Well, but yeah, the internet <laughs> was slow with photographic traffic. So... Yeah, so those are just some of the ideas we have. Some people shared some really good ones and little tips. I mean, for short boondocking or some some people really make it an art uh, for staying out. Some people only boondock. Yeah, that's true. And sometimes for very long periods of time. Right, right. So it all depends on your style and where you want to go. And remember, if the weather is lousy where you are, you do have wheels under your... That's right. Go somewhere else. Yeah, go somewhere else where it's cooler... And or, nicer, warmer. or warmer, <laughs> right? That's the whole idea of snowbirds. Yep. Do you have a great boondocking tip? Do you have something you'd like to share with the world? We do have a Facebook group for Stressless Camping Podcast. We do. And that's where we got some of these tips is from people who heard the podcast last week. And uh, then they, they shared their tips. And so there's lots of tips we'd love to hear and see and read. And so... Come join us over there, and you can find it through our website at stresslesscamping.com. Yep. We will be right back with a trip to Sedona. Yes. Camping is all about great experiences, and that's why we love Harvest Hosts. Harvest Hosts is the gateway to beautiful overnighting experiences. And with Harvest Hosts, you can boondock at wineries, breweries, cultural destinations, golf courses, so much more. It's a great alternative to traditional campgrounds. Yeah, a lot of those really great pictures you've seen online, like Instagram and such, have been taken at Harvest Host destinations, and you can experience those yourself. You can, and we've got a good deal on Harvest Host memberships on our partners page at StresslessCamping.com. Enjoy your next Stressless Camping getaway at a beautiful destination and save money in the process. Winner, winner. Everyone's a winner. Yeah. Hey, chicken dinner. (laughs) One of our very favorite magical places that we enjoy going and we've been a number of times is Sedona, Arizona. And I I think a lot of people, if you're not familiar with Sedona, uh, you think of Arizona as a big desert. Yeah. It, it well, I mean, it is in the desert, but true. But take it from someone who grew up in the desert, it's not that bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Peggy is a huge fan of the desert, so much so that she has a desert tortoise. I do have a who desert escapes. Tortoise. Yeah, <laughs> sucker. <laughs> Learned how to dig out from under his yeah. enclosure yesterday. Yeah, we built him this big old fancy enclosure, and uh, I think he, he wanted to go to Sedona. Maybe, because I know I do, just, <laughs> just looking back at these pictures. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, Sedona is in the desert, but the desert isn't just one big, giant, dry sand dune. No. By any means. And Sedona is 
especially beautiful because the rock that's in Sedona has a lot of iron ore in it. And so it's all red, like the ground, the mountains, everything is beautiful, beautiful red rock. Yeah, it's it's extremely picturesque. And if you, again, if you haven't been there, we will put a link to our article. We have a top 10 tips for Sedona article on stresslesscamping.com. We'll put a link and there's a ton of pictures there. Yeah. And did I ever tell you the very first time I ever went to Sedona? It was in March and there was a dusting of snow over the entire, like everywhere. And so it was red rocks with, with powdered sugar. <laughs> like it wow. was just so pretty dusting of snow everywhere. Not like a solid layer, but just a dust. Yeah. It's it so, so Sedona's magical. fairly high up. They get snow at certain parts of the year. Not very so. much. I mean, no. a dusting was kind of their snow. Well, to me, Kind of you like know, what we get here. Yeah. Any snow is too much snow. Yeah, but it was so pretty. We didn't, oh, yeah. we weren't there during the snow. We were just there after, so it was just really beautiful. Yeah. I remember <laughs> we've been a number of times, and once was with a, well, every time was with a lot of family. And one time it was it was oh, pouring gosh. rain, and we were all running to the ice to, cream social. Yeah, to the ice cream. <laughs> and one of our nieces or nephews, their foot went into this puddle. Of, oh, was that, that you? That was me. Yeah, oh, my, my foot went into the puddle of red mud and came out without a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, literally in the in the complex we were in, they had an ice cream social, and half the people got in the van and drove around to the other building, which yeah. was like the next building over. And some of us just decided to run through the rain. And the mud to get yeah, there. That's funny. To eat ice cream in the pouring I, I, rain. I don't know why I thought it was. <laughs> so uh, we go on these family trips and we bring our RV and they stay in timeshares. Right. And it's a, it's a whole thing. Peggy's mom and all of her sisters and her brother all come along and it's it it's a really neat. We do a lot of these family vacations. And grandma. And, don't forget And grandma, grandma, of course. Peggy's awesome Because if we didn't grandma. have grandma, we wouldn't have any need to buy Fireball. Uh, that's true. <laughs> How old's your grandma? 96? Uh, until next month. Oh, dear. So she'll be 97. And she is hilarious. So uh, anyway, back to Sedona. <laughs> <laughs> uh, welcome to the Rambling Hour with Tony and Peggy. <laughs> this is why we like having guests. It helps keep, keep us on topic. And we even have show notes, if you'll believe we it or not. We do. So. so one of the places in Sedona, and you might think we've been there just right now, but... <laughs> I swear we haven't been drinking, but no. there is a brewery. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And it's funny. The The first time I went, there was a, the brewery there, and it's called the Oak Creek Brewery. And they put out some pretty decent beer. And this time, this most recent time we went, there was a gentleman back there doing up some barbecue so you could go and have a beer and barbecue and uh, pretty good stuff. But you also didn't mention <laughs> the Vortexes. No, I didn't. That's true. There are four, I think, or a bunch. I don't know. Uh, depends on, I think, who you talk to. Right. These magic circles that are scattered throughout Sedona and, and other, you know, all over the world for people who love to visit Vortexes. And uh, um, 
one of the theories is that because there are so many of those PowerPoints, that's why there's so much artisticness in Sedona. Yeah, that's something that absolutely it is a super artistic community, and you get everything from the super socialites to you know the hippie artists who are super cool, and there's it's this great vibe there. So. Whether or not you're into the vortexes, um, they're, here's what they're described as. Cyclones of energy that come directly from the core of the earth and theoretically can be felt by those in their presence. So there you go. Take it or leave it. That's uh, definitely an attraction. And you, there are a lot of people who go to Sedona to experience that. Right. And, there, and if, you're, if you want to experience it and you hike, there's like one I know that's like at the top of a mountain or a hill. And then if you don't hike, there's one that's in a parking lot at yeah, the airport. <laughs> that's right. So, yeah, and the airport's cool. One time we were there um, and there was a dude up there playing didgeridoo. And it's like this, what do they call it? The airport in the sky or something like something that. Something like that. And it's basically they shaved off the top of a hill. And it's really a cool place to watch the sun set or sunrise and there's a dude up there playing the ditch and it was it is <laughs> it's kind of its cool. own like sort of pocket of of art and magic yeah by itself plus you know get to see small airplanes come in for their 40 dollar hamburgers yeah no, what is it called oh, it's a hundred dollar hamburger cheeseburger, yeah <laughs> so the next thing i really enjoyed was the pink jeep yeah tours. That, that was super fun. fun that is a jeep obviously, that carries, I don't remember, six or eight people. Yeah, they've modified it for more seating. And they take you into some of the more remote parts of Sedona and, um, you know, up into the rocks. And there's places where you can see the tire tracks. You know there's been a lot of Jeeps through there, and you're pretty sure you're going to die if you go there. And then you go there. Yeah, it's super it's, fun. <laughs> it really is. I mean, I I really enjoyed the pink Jeep tours. The drivers are people who... Really, either they're great at telling you stories and you don't know any better, but I don't think that's the case. I <laughs> they think just that, know a lot about Sedona. Yeah, and it's just neat to hear these guys and, and well, these people, and a lot of them are like those super adventure people, so they've got great stories yeah. to tell. And if pink Jeeps and off-roading and rock climbing and danger is not your thing... It's not dangerous. No, I know. <laughs> but sometimes it feels like it. Well, it's, it's, a, it's just... Adventury, right? But then there's also the trolley tours. Yeah, I like that. That red. And, magic and I was going to make a joke and say, like, for the older people, like my grandma, but my grandma loved the pink jeep tour. Yeah, she she's super hip. <laughs> so yeah, the red magic red rock magic trolley, and uh, takes you twenty five bucks, and you sit in a one of those street trolleys, and takes you all over, and the guides explains what you're looking at and all that but it was just it's a great primer to sedona if you're if you haven't been there before but we had been there a number of times still and it was still a great ride we still do it and it's good if you're gonna be there for a few days take this tour first and it kind of takes you to all the different kind of parts of sedona and then you get an idea like, oh, when I'm not on a tour, I'm going to come back to this place and explore it more fully. Yeah, that's one of the neat things about those kind of, for lack of a better description, package tours, is it's sort of like the sampler platter where you can try out things and you know what you want to order next time you go. So 
there you go. That that's what uh the trolley tour is. Twenty five bucks. So the trolley does kind of probably take you through Main Street or downtown Sedona a bit, but that's really something that you have to experience on foot. And although only if you like window shopping, I guess. That's no, but there's a bunch of cool stuff. Downtown is very alive and hip and it's really beautiful also and there's all these little shops and and all of that and it's a cool walking i mean it's definitely a day's walking around so bring your bring your walking shoes so there's you know shops for you can buy a t-shirt that's been dyed with the red dirt you could buy some turquoise jewelry you could buy some fudge or ice cream yeah yeah or other yeah (laughs) or other kind of snacks um, the, go to the Black Cow Cafe. I mean, if nothing else, the Black Cow Cafe make their own pies and ice cream every day. Their ice cream is killer. Yeah. If the Andy Griffith Show could come to life and be an ice cream parlor, this would be it. The ice cream was yeah. just terrific. So um, the the sad thing is they had all these great pies, but I didn't try well, We were hungry for ice cream. Every day I went back, we I was like, pie. Oh, yeah, I have some more ice cream. <laughs> Well, but that's just one reason why we go back. Yeah, we just keep going back. There's there's lots of all sorts of food and stuff to see and all that. One trip is not going to be... It's a magical place, as we said. One trip is not going to be enough. That's right. Uh, and and at least one day I have to skip my coffee and toast and <laughs> quiche so that we can go to the Coffee Pot Cafe and get yeah. 101 choices of omelets absolutely yeah so the coffee pot um well first of all sedona has these just incredible rock formations all over and they all have these different names and the coffee pot restaurant uh is kind of in front of the coffee pot rock formation right which looks like a percolator coffee pot yeah and, and then the campground that we stayed in is right under the rock that looks just like Snoopy with yeah with uh, Woodstock sitting on his nose. Yeah, but the Coffee Pot restaurant, their claim to fame is 101 different omelets. Uh, they have just all different ones, but the Elvis-inspired peanut butter and bacon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's a peanut butter and jelly omelet. Yeah. There's... there's there's, I mean, when you when you're gonna claim 101, you got to come up with some pretty yeah, unique some combinations. Man, bring your reading glasses if you need them <laughs> because there's a lot of combinations. Yeah, and they were all good. It's a, and the place is just it's jumping. So yeah, we went with a bunch of people. and We all got different things and yeah, yeah passed it around. Another thing that I don't want to skip over is the Sedona Heritage Museum. Oh yes. So oddly enough, Sedona was once Apple Country with. You know, the, apparently apples grow really, really well there. The Sedona Heritage Museum has kind of a whole history of the apple growing, and it's just all kinds of cool stuff from Sedona's past. So. And I think somewhere that we haven't gone together, but there's a uh, just north of town. If you if you're not driving an RV, because I don't recommend this if you're towing a trailer, but the road that goes north out of Sedona and up toward Flagstaff, that's not the like interstate highway? No, we did it because one of those trips we went to Prescott. That's a different direction. Okay. But this one goes north, and it's a pretty hairy road. But a, just a little bit out of town is a, um, like a, 
slide rock. It's not a rock slide. It's oh, a slide rock. Yeah, yeah. It's in the creek, and it and the creek wears away that red uh, sandstone so well that it's this like um, like yeah, underwater, slippery. like a slide. It's a water slide. Yeah, in made the out creek. Of rock. And the place that you go to enjoy that, you park at an old um, apple farm, and there's still the cider houses there, and. Uh, a few of the different buildings that you you can't really go in, but you know there's signs to say what they are and everything. So huh. it's the old it's an old cider facility. When we went, uh, we stayed at the Rancho Sedona RV Park, and it was God, right on the creek. So yeah, it's it really is. It was right on the creek. It was in really good condition. Yeah, everything was well maintained. Yeah, it was full hookups. So not boondocking. Not boondocking. And one of the funny things, one day I see this dude uh, washing RVs and he had a <laughs> van or something. It's like, you know, Fred's RV service or whatever. And so I'm like, hey, do you wash and wax RVs? He goes, yeah. And I go, I, I don't remember what he charged. It was really fair. It was fair. really reasonable. And he did a super job. So, so we just told him, go to site 17 next and yeah. do ours. <laughs> <laughs> then we left for the day and went exploring and. Came back and the trailer was all shiny yep. and clean. It was great. great. He did a super job. So, and like I say, the RV park was really nice. I really liked it. So it was kind of a little bit surprising that they allow that kind of you know because a lot of the fancy RV parks yeah, can't wash your RV no. in the park. No, and they had nice shower houses. They had a dog run and and as I said, it was right on the creek. So that was that was really cool. They were I having really liked like it. a pancake breakfast or something the day we left. Burritos. They're probably celebrating the fact that we were leaving. We're leaving. <laughs> Didn't we buy <laughs> breakfast burritos or something on the way something out? Something like that. Well, there was that coffee shop that we went to. Now I don't remember the name of it, but... Oh, right. No, but I mean right there from the park we bought something. Yes, we did. You're right. You're absolutely right. Yeah, there was a coffee shop that had um, <laughs> quiches. <laughs> yeah, there you go. We didn't bring enough of our own, so let's get some of theirs. The only the only downside I think of Sedona, and this is true of a lot of places that are very tourist oriented, are the timeshare people. I I just it bugs me when you're walking down the street and it's oh like, I thought you meant the people who stay in them like my family. No, no, no. But it's like, hey, you know, we'll. I don't know. We'll yeah. fly you to Mars and back if you just listen to this yeah. one hour we'll give presentation. You this free tour on the bus if you yeah. listen to a half hour presentation about our timeshare. Yeah, it's just not my thing. No. I just I hate high pressure sales circumstances, and so that uh, that's just my take. You know, maybe. But that's gonna probably be anywhere that's worth talking about and really touristy like that. You're gonna get that kind of a yeah vibe yeah and you just kind you of know a... to avoid them if there's a free bus ride uh then you know that it's gonna be <laughs> nothing uh, is free yeah nothing is free <laughs> and especially you know it's sedona is very popular so yeah it's not cheap to run a business there so you know it's this is not your bargain basement town but everything is just in really good shape and very, very clean and just absolutely beautiful. So if you haven't been to Sedona, you should go. I you think. should go. And you know what you should shop in? I forgot to say this. The spice shop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was I think that it's was called cool. Arizona Spices or something like something that. Something like that. We, yeah, we bought a bunch of spices from that We bought a bunch of spices from them. Yeah. We should have kept his info. We could have re- we filled them. But. We probably have a bottle 
stashed in the cupboard somewhere. Probably. <laughs> I should go look. So so that's the, the bottom line. Go to Sedona. Go and, to Sedona and enjoy, and it. enjoy it. Yeah. And uh, again, we have on our website, there's links to all the things you'd want to see and do and a lot of pictures. And so uh, you can start your trip there, as with so many stressless camping adventures. That's and right. Go in the real world. See it for yourself. Yeah. Well, so that's what we have for you this week. A little boondocking, a little fancy camping, and and just another wonderful adventure. And we really appreciate that you're on it with us. Uh, we've had we've really had some very positive feedback, and and we really appreciate your words and your reviews and just all of that. So we do indeed. Yeah. Thank you for being on the adventure with us and. Go out there and, and, and check out somewhere new and, and let us know. Maybe you could tell us where to go. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great week. We will see you next Thursday. And until then, happy, happy camping. camping. We hope you enjoyed this week's adventure. Time to get out on your own journey. But don't forget to leave the review on your favorite podcast app. And visit StresslessCamping.com for photos, stories, an RV calendar, and more. I'm stressless camper Larry Richardson wishing you happy camping.